This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Welcome to Aaron Menke's Cabinet of Curiosities, a production of iHeartRadio and Grim and Mild. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. It was September 16th of 1922, and brawls had broken out in multiple areas of New York City, resulting in a full-blown riot before it was over. Dozens were injured and required medical treatment. One man had been beaten so badly that he needed hospitalization. It started three days earlier, when thousands of teenaged boys stalked through the city, chasing citizens through the streets. Smaller gangs of boys would wait in doorways for unsuspecting victims. Police were dispatched, although they were greatly outnumbered. They would just manage to break up a gang in one district, only to discover another had formed somewhere else. And the cause of all of it? Straw hats. You see, in the early 20th century, men wore straw hats during warmer months, and then switched to felt hats when the weather turned chilly. After a time, the unofficial date was settled on, September 15th, whereby all men, young and old alike, were expected to switch— or be ridiculed. It was a fashion rule sort of like not wearing white after Labor Day, only a lot less forgiving. The act of stomping on hats didn't start out as something violent, though. It actually stemmed from a tradition among stockbrokers, a way of having fun with their fellow co-workers. There were rules, though. Stealing and smashing the straw hat of a stranger was strictly forbidden. A straw hat was popular among New York stockbrokers during the summer to wear during social events, Soon, though, the hat became equally popular among other professions, and the tradition of hat-snatching and stomping spread with it. It became so common, in fact, that newspapers published a warning each year, alerting readers to the impending fashion faux pas deadline. But in 1922, youths in New York City decided to get a jump on the tradition, and one could argue that cool heads didn't prevail. It wasn't the first time straw hats had caused trouble, though. Back in September of 1910, Police in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania were called to safeguard pedestrians still sporting their summer headwear. The Pittsburgh press complained about the hat-smashing ritual, even predicting that the practice would eventually get out of hand, which it did in 1922. The trouble started when teens began stealing and smashing straw hats from factory workers in Manhattan. Sometimes they'd simply knock the hats off men's head. Other teens carried sticks with hooks to better grab the hats, After that, the overly confident teenagers marched to the docks and tried stealing and stomping the hats off the heads of dock workers there. But those men retaliated, and an all-out brawl ensued, bad enough to block traffic on the Manhattan Bridge. 
The police were forced to pull brawlers apart and make arrests, all except for boys under the age of 15, that is. Their punishment was left to their parents, many of whom chose a public spanking at the police station on East 104th Street. If any good came from the Straw Hat Riot, it was that local stores stayed open way past closing hours to accommodate customers looking to buy the more seasonal and safer felt hats. Thankfully, no one died that year. But in 1924, one man was murdered for wearing a straw hat past September 15th. Which is probably why, in 1925, President Calvin Coolidge blatantly ignored tradition and wore a straw hat well past the acceptable date. The New York Times ran a front-page headline the following day, featuring a picture of the president doing so. Hat stomping died down after that. During the Great Depression, the hat that had once been popular with stockbrokers became a symbol of the irresponsible 20s and quickly fell out of style. But that's to be expected. After all, fashion has always been very good at changing. At the drop of a hat. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com, that's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. The newspaper advertisement read, absolutely free. On April 16th of 1968, all anyone wanting a personalized horoscope had to do was send in a submission with their name and address, their place and date of birth, and the answers to a few personal questions. And the ad was so successful that over 500 requests flooded in. 
After receiving their horoscopes, over 150 participants were so amazed at the results that they felt compelled to write in and say so. In fact, nearly everyone said their horoscope had been uncanny in how it described them, to the tune of 95% accuracy. What the participants didn't know is that they'd been tricked. No, not by taking their money or by stealing their identity. The advertisement hadn't been placed with nefarious intent. Instead, the whole thing was part of an experiment. Dr. Michelle Gouclin, a psychologist and statistician, was researching astrology, mostly a study where he set out to prove that stars in the vast universe had little to do with someone's fate or personality characteristics. But even though he set out to discredit horoscopes, he hired a professional astrologer to assist him with it. Gouclin's test was based on an American experiment from 20 years earlier, in 1948. That experiment discovered what's become known as subjective validation. Essentially, it's the idea that people form a cognitive bias when presented with information that's close to their own values and beliefs. The theory had first been tested on students. They'd each been given the exact same personality test, but instead of giving them results based on their answers, he ignored it and supplied the students with identical data. In this case, a recent newspaper horoscope. Each student then graded the results on a scale of 1 to 5 for how close they seemed to match them personally, 1 being totally wrong and 5 being 100% right. And the results? The collective average came in at 4.2. The experiment has been repeated hundreds of times since, and the average results are almost always the same. Psychologists and researchers believe that people are likely to accept broad descriptions or statements when it comes to their own personalities, even though the same description or statement is probably true of almost anyone. So, why does this work? Well, human nature. We all want to feel that we belong. Our species is hardwired for it, after all. We want to fit in, and we have a pretty good idea that certain traits and personalities fit in better with our peers than others. So, when we read that we tend to seek approval from those we admire, or that we seek comfort and safety, or have unused potential, or that we are our own worst critic, well, the statements almost always sound spot-on for most of us. And because the generalizations are more or less positive, we're more apt to believe them. On the flip side, we also tend to rate any negative assessments as less accurate, no matter how common the traits are among others. According to psychologists, people sometimes feel so strongly about the results that they tend to alter their behavior to appear consistent with these generalizations, in hopes that others will then back them up. Which leads us back to the findings on that 1968 horoscope experiment. While the astrologer created a generalized horoscope for the 1968 experiment, it wasn't random. He'd been hired to specifically create an astronomical reading of a real, actual person. And what exactly did that personalized reading say? That the individual was intelligent, warm, ingenious, and had good judgment. It also stated that they had complete dedication to others. In this case, the real-life person was a doctor who had served during World War I, so that makes sense. Here's the thing, though. This doctor wasn't even alive at the time the horoscope was written, having been dead since 1946. And his cause of death? Execution after being convicted of killing 23 victims. And while his name was technically Marcel Petiu, most today simply refer to him as Dr. Satan. So the next time you read a horoscope and feel as if it was written specifically for you, take it with a grain of salt. After all, 
you might just be in bad company. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Thank you.